Wednesday, everyone. Nate Dickinson here. You're listening into the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Bit of a break. We took longer than I wanted to. I had some things to get done myself. A move made. But we're all settled in now. Again, I'm back with you again here on a Wednesday in the Locked On Golden Gopher podcast. Happy to be back with you as well. We've got a whole lot coming up on the show on Gopher basketball. This team's lost four out of its last five, and all of those losses by at least 14 points. We'll break down everything going on with the team right now, and also, what does this skid mean for the Gophers' NCAA tournament hopes? It it could be time to start thinking about how every game affects things for the Gophers now. We'll talk about all that later on in the show, though. Right now, we promise you everyday Gophers content, so we're going to get you everything you may have missed over the last few days as we get into today's show. We'll start with, in the state of hockey, the Hobie Baker Award. Awarded to the highest performing college hockey player every single season and Minnesota ties all over the fingerprints of the finalist names, including one player that does play for the Gophers, goalie Jack LaFontaine. I'll tell you right now, you can go online and vote for him at HobieBaker.com slash vote. That's H-O-B-E-Y, Baker.com slash vote. You can vote up until March 7th. The top 10 out of the names that were announced earlier this week will get into the final. So it's your vote that could get him there. Jack LaFontaine of the Gophers, represented here for the Hobie Baker Award, and you can help him get there. Again, HobieBaker.com slash vote. But he's not the only guy here playing in Minnesota or with Minnesota time ties that are on this list of contestants, I guess, or, or I don't know if they're semifinalists now, watch list, whatever it is. Anywho, from Minnesota Duluth, you got Noah Cates, Cole Kepke, and Nick Sweeney over in Mankato. Minnesota State Mankato has Cade Borchert and Nathan, Nathan Smith on the list, as well as goalie Dryden McKay. St. Cloud State has forward Viti Mietenen and defenseman Nick Perbix. And other native Minnesotans, North Dakota defenseman Matt Kierstead and Quinnipiac forward Odin Tufto. Also the Minnesota Wilds first round pick out of Boston College, forward Matt Boldy on the Hobie Baker list as well. Again, the top 10 make it into the final based on a fan vote. So go over to HobieBaker.com slash vote. I suggest you cast your vote for Jack LaFontaine, the Minnesota Gopher goalie who is represented on that list. In other news here today, the Gopher women's hockey team is still at number two in the national rankings. The men's team actually climbed back up to number two in the national polls, so both those squads still having fantastic seasons. Meanwhile, Gopher men's basketball fell out of the top 25 back on Monday. Gophers were ranked five weeks in a row before that, never higher than number 16. But after a loss to Purdue over the weekend, Purdue jumps into the top 25, actually lost then to Maryland yesterday, but then Minnesota falls out. Elsewhere, Gopher Wrestling over the weekend beat both Purdue and Rutgers at Rutgers on Sunday, and Minnesota Volleyball defeated Maryland over the weekend as well. Before we get into the Minnesota basketball side of our show, and it will take up the rest of our program today, it's time for another signing day update for the football team. Now, we had our signing day way back in November when they got this early signing period for college football a couple of years ago. Everyone got the chance to sign early on like basketball players had been able to for a while, and they all pretty much did. This used to be the big day here in February, but now it's usually just a couple of the last few names that are coming in here in the February 3rd date. But we do have some names to tell you about guys who are now officially Gophers. A three-star offensive tackle from Arizona, I hope I'm saying it right, Saya Mapakaitolo. Uh, Again, we'll figure it out once you get on campus. Uh, 
Jordan Newbins from St. Charles, Illinois, was an unranked walk-on who's now officially with the team. Jackson Hunter, an unranked offensive tackle from Wisconsin, is now a walk-on with the team as well. Uh, a kicker transferring from Temple, Will Mobley, now officially with the Gophers. Nate Becker, an offensive lineman out of Maple Grove that had two stars to his name in recruiting sites. He ends up taking a walk-on spot with the Gophers. Quinton Redding was a wide receiver out of Wisconsin who was unranked. He gets a walk-on spot as well. Now some more transfers who are a little bit more interesting. Daniel Sparks, a ULM transfer punter. Val Martin, a defensive tackle transfer from NC State. He was a three-star recruit in the 2018 class. And then Niles Pinckney, a defensive tackle transferring from Clemson, comes to the Gophers. He was a four-star recruit back in the 2016 recruiting class. Rounding out the new guys coming into the Gopher football program today, Carter Shaw, an offensive guard. He was a Utah State transfer before he comes to the Gophers now. So Minnesota football gets itself some additions. I'm sure we'll learn more about those guys as they get acclimated with everything going on with the team. I think a couple of them already have enrolled, in fact, actually as well earlier this winter. But we'll, of course, learn more about those names as football season goes on. Today we're talking about basketball. After the break, we're going to break down everything that's gone on with the Gophers in these last five games. A big win over Michigan in there, but elsewhere, a whole lot of confusing play and just stuff we haven't gotten used to seeing from these Gophers and some big losses as of late. That's coming up later on in the show. But before we get to everything going on with Gopher basketball right now, got to let you know about Built Bar again. Gopher basketball team could probably use a little bit of a jolt right now. And if you need a little bit of a jolt to get through that workout or just through the work day, you can use Built Bar to help you do it. They have outstanding flavors for their protein bars, coconut almond, raspberry, uh, orange coconut, peanut butter, and new flavors coming out all the time as well. They got this one, Cherry Barcia. That looks pretty good that I've tried recently. They sent me some stuff recently, and I've been trying it out. But not only is it good for you, it's healthy too. You get all that protein that you like out of, well, pretty much anywhere that you can get protein. It seems like it comes in all shapes and sizes nowadays. But Built Bar gives you the healthy side of things while also getting you that great flavor as well. That's really, really hard to find. So go ahead to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. 20% off next time you make an order there. We'll be back talking Gopher basketball in just a moment here on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. I'm Nate Dickinson, back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Nate Dickinson with you here. We're talking Minnesota basketball. Going to break down everything that's gone wrong over the course of the last five games for the Gophers. Team's been well rested in each of its last two appearances, but it's been a couple of big losses again for Minnesota after the Gophers maybe thought they were getting things back on track after beating Michigan by 18 back in the middle of January. Team's looking a whole lot different now after losses to both Maryland and Purdue. Purdue now a ranked team, and we know the Big Ten's good, but we'll talk about all that in just a minute. First, we know you got you covered for everything you need with the Gophers, but what about the rest of sports? The Locked On Podcast Network now has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's the same kind of thing you get here with 30 minutes or less of all Gophers only, you'll get everything you need to know in sports in just that short little time frame. Hosted by the great Peter Bukowski and all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. You can subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts right now. 
If you're listening to our podcast here, I'd be willing to bet you can find the Locked On Today podcast wherever you're listening to this one at, too. So get on over, subscribe to that one, and hey, if you're someone who just listens but hasn't quite subscribed to our podcast as well, go ahead and do so there. You can give us a like or rating, I suppose, five stars on Apple Podcasts. I don't know what they do on the other services and all that, but go ahead and uh, help us out a little bit. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good kind of stuff. Let's get into these gophers now. Four losses in the last five games dating all the way back to the beginning of January. Big loss to Michigan big loss to Iowa, then a big win over Michigan that had you thinking, all right, things are back to normal, and then a couple of big losses against Maryland and Purdue, and you don't feel so great about going into this matchup with Rutgers now tomorrow, and uh, again, Rutgers not exactly a team in the Big Ten that is at the level of the other teams Minnesota's been losing to. I mean, Iowa's obviously one of the best teams in the country. Michigan has played at times like one of the best teams in the country. Rutgers not quite there. So you hope you can get a bounce-back game right here against a Scarlet Knight team that's looking to kind of figure out its way in the Big Ten. But this is still a team that has six Big Ten wins, while Minnesota has only four. And while maybe you're not thinking about Rutgers and Minnesota on the same level, a lot of Minnesota fans, I'm sure, are thinking of Minnesota as a ranked team. They've been ranked for the last five weeks. Got to remember that every game is going to be tough in the Big Ten. It always is. But let's talk about, again, what's gone wrong with this team so far. I got a little bit off track there for a minute. I want to talk mainly about Marcus Carr, but I will go through the rest of this lineup just briefly. Like what I'm seeing with Liam Robbins. I've been a big Liam Robbins guy since he announced he was going to come over to Minnesota. He's a huge player who can fill in those Oturu-sized shoes, and I think he's done a good job of that. The big thing from the beginning was foul trouble. It remains foul trouble. He fouled out against Maryland a couple of games ago. Did well against Purdue, if I remember correctly. I don't have the box score up against me or, or, or up with me right now exactly, but he's someone who, when he's on the court, he can be productive. He can slow down a guy like Iota Sumu or even Luca Garza, some of the best bigs, not just in the Big Ten, but in the country. It's just a matter of him being able to stay out on the court, and part of that's because of the guards that are in front of him. When guards let guys get by on drives, Robbins has to move over more and takes more fouls. That's just how it works. And big guys just naturally take more fouls as well. It's also in part the fact that Minnesota doesn't really have anybody else that they can put out there that does the same thing that Robbins does. So all of that kind of attention goes to him driving into the lane. He can't really get breaks like that. There's nobody else to take his spot so he can stay out on the floor more. But anyway... I'm happy with him. Just stay out of foul trouble. Booth Gotch has been tough this season, as has Gabe Kalsher lately. Kalsher on the season is just shooting 31% from the field. That's something that was happening kind of quietly to me. I know other people obviously see those numbers and realize it, but I didn't think he had been doing that poorly. He's still averaging nine points per game. And Booth Gotch, on the other hand, shooting 42% and 31% from behind the arc. Those numbers are not terrible, but with the way that he started the season, you were kind of hoping that he could be a guy where it's like Goth, Carr, and Kalsher being able to switch around inside and out and get themselves good playing time while also not tying each other out. Now, that being said, while they may not have been what they've been before recently, guys like Brandon Johnson, the transfer from Western Michigan, Jamal Mashburn, the freshman, they've been getting good playing time now and are starting to really show out here. I mean, going against the uh, Maryland Terrapins, Jamal Mashburn had himself nine points, played 23 minutes last few games. 
He's been the first guy off the bench for this Gopher team. Isaiah Innan's still getting decent time, but Mashburn, I think, is kind of establishing himself as that sixth man for the squad who's gotten, at least against the Maryland Terrapins, more minutes than both Booth Gotch and Liam Robbins. Robbins fouled out. So there's guys who are going to be able to at least uh, have the ability to fill in the shoes of Booth Gotch and Gabe Kalsher on the floor if they're really struggling. Like Richard Pitino is able to go kind of deep into his bench here. But you still need those guys performing better. And they need to step up a little bit if Minnesota wants to get out of this slump. But the main guy I want to talk about, and I mentioned at the top, was Marcus Carr. Marcus Carr, now, if you remember last year, had himself a couple of games where there was really some head-scratching going on early in the season. It was a couple of Big Ten games in December, which was unusual, which is why people might remember it. First at Iowa, Marcus Carr goes 1-for-10 shooting from the field, scores just two points. And again, he had Daniel Oturu on his side at this time. So there was some talk about, is Carr the main guy on this team, or is Daniel Oturu going to be the most reliable player? So Carr gets those two points, then next game out, six days later, plays Ohio State at home, scores 35 points, nine three-pointers, 12 of 17 shooting. And that thing kind of happened with Carr where he would go up and down a little bit more from game to game. Last year, the question was, well, will Marcus Carr be able to be a guy who can do that every time out, you know? He has the ability to put up 35 points. He put up uh, uh, 21 points later in the season against Wisconsin, 24 points against Clemson in a non-conference game earlier, 27 then at Purdue to start conference play. So he had the ability to do it last year. But he just didn't quite get it done enough. And while you can say that Against Maryland, two games ago, Marcus Carr was outstanding, scored 25 points, 8 of 14 shooting, 3 of 6 from three-point land. At the same time, then you take a look at the Purdue game from over the weekend for Carr. And he had another one of those games where he just kind of disappeared a little bit. Now, I will say, the stat sheet was a little bit more full. He only scored 6 points, but also tallied 4 rebounds and 5 assists. But he shot 2 for 13 from the field. 2 for 13 for Marcus Carr, who is now the definitive leader of this team, just cannot happen. And I get everyone has bad games. But in college basketball, more so than any other sport, any other format of sport, having a bad game doesn't really win you anything. You have to be able to do it consistently in college basketball. It's a sport of one-game swings. If you get one game off in the NCAA tournament, you're done. If you lose one game in the regular season that's big enough, it could cost you your season. They play seven-game series in professional sports because the players are more evenly matched, or at least that's the theory. The NCAA tournament is exciting because it's one and done, and also because there can be a one dominant guy In a college basketball, it's just so much better than everyone else. He can carry a team to a Final Four or an Elite Eight or a championship. Marcus Carr is supposed to be that dominant player for Minnesota. And if the Gophers want to be a ranked team in the Big Ten, which they are not right now for the first time in six weeks, Marcus Carr needs to be a guy that does it every single time. The good news is he's good enough to not go into a rut. He's not going to have five games in a row where he only scores six points. He'll get out of it. 
but he's having a role now on this team as the leader both vocally and on the court where he can't be a non-factor. Mainly, he can't put up 13 shots if he's having a bad shooting night. I'm not saying Marcus Carr is the kind of guy who needs to be an elite scorer every night out. The Gophers have other guys who can put the ball in the basket, but Marcus Carr needs to be able to understand that if he's not shooting well, he can't be going 2 for 13. That's not something that's acceptable for this team's leader. Take a few less shots. Distribute the ball a little more. You are the leader of this offense, whether you're scoring the ball or not. He needs to be able to do more of that and recognize when he is being a good shooter and a bad shooter, when he is having a good day and a bad day in respects, and adjust so he can still contribute when he's not being a factor scoring. Because Minnesota's good. Minnesota is not the most talented team in the country or close to it. So if they want to have a deep tournament run, if they want to compete with every team in the Big Ten like they've shown they can at times, Marcus Carr needs to at least be on his game mentally all the time. Parts of his game physically can be off, but he needs to be able to recognize it and do the right thing. Do that more, and that's really what separates him from the best of the best, I guess. And I want to say this as clearly as I can. I don't want to criticize Marcus Carr, because Marcus Carr will tell you this too. He knows he needs to do more than what he did in that Purdue game. He knows that 2 for 13 isn't acceptable. Doing more doesn't mean scoring more. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand that really. And I get it, that this is a really high expectation to put on Marcus Carr to be able to do it every time. But if you want to lead a team in the Big Ten, a team that's trying to actually support itself and be successful in the Big Ten, those are the kind of expectations that the leader of one of those teams has on him. Every single time, he has to be able to come out and do it right. Because if he's not, the Big Ten's way too good to not have somebody on the other side who will take the game for you. You don't just win games in this conference. You have to take wins. And Minnesota's Marcus Carr just didn't do that a little bit against Purdue. This isn't a criticism of Carr. Again, he's been a Power 5 starter since he was a freshman at Pitt. It just seems like this is the only step left he has to take. If anything else, it may even be a compliment. I'm saying, hey, this guy does everything so well. The only thing I could ask of him more is that he does it every single time out and I get it it sounds ridiculous but think about this game of basketball at every level the best players do it every single time when's the last time LeBron James scored six points when's the last time Luca Garza here in the Big Ten scored six points I get that Marcus Carr is not going to be a guy who is a lights out shooter and always able to score the ball every time but in those nights that he isn't he can't take 13 shots That's too many, and you're going to lose big to Purdue when that happens. I'm interested to see how he in particular bounces back tomorrow against Rutgers. I think he'll have a great game personally. That's just something he does. He doesn't really have two bad ones in a row. But it's something to look out as well just in general for Carr because early on he was doing really, really well. And then kind of when the Big Ten schedule kicked in, his scoring output went a little bit down south. He had 25 against Maryland. That's his high in the conference this year. But he was putting up 30 points per game plus, and that was something that I think some people thought was going to be him all season. He's still, of course, being one of the best players in the Big Ten and leading this team, which was ranked and could easily be ranked again soon. Well, coming up after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about the NCAA tournament. Right now, the Gophers are projected as an eight seed in bracketology. We'll, of course, spoil that for you right now. 
But that's if there are 68 teams. That might not be the case. And also, there's other things to think about with this Gophers squad's tournament chances as well. We'll break it all down in just a minute here on Locked on Golden Gophers. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. But before we get into everything with the tournament, there's a big game this weekend, if you weren't already aware. And you can bet on it on Bet Online A. Now, they've teamed up with us here at Locked On to get us a lot of cool stuff, as well as a little bit of a bonus for you, too. So, if you go over to their website, again, betonline.ag, you can use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook expert. Again, there are good friends and exclusive partners here. Any lines you hear on Locked On, we're getting them from betonline.ag. So if you hear something and think, I want to bet that line, you can go over to their website to do it. Give us a follow at, at betonline underscore ag to take advantage of even more bonuses and things like that that they're posting as well. Again, sign up for a free account and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Bet on the big game this weekend. No better way to get started. We'll be back in just a minute talking NCAA tournament hopes for the Gophers here on the Locked On Golden Gopher podcast. I'm Nate Dickinson. Back here on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast, we're talking NCAA tournament hopes for the Minnesota Gophers. Know what you're thinking? This team was ranked last week. What are we talking about the tournament for? This team's going to make the tournament. Well, you're right. Gophers are pretty safe right now, but that bubble can come up to bite you pretty quickly, and especially in this season of all seasons. I'll let you know what I mean in just a moment. But first, 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. I know I'm in for it. And if you're betting this year, I am, and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening to this one right now, I'd be willing to bet you could find theirs with just a couple of clicks. Well, let's talk a little bit about what's going on here with the NCAA tournament. So as of right now, According to ESPN's Joe Lenardi, who does the big bracketology that everyone pays attention to every year, the Gophers are sitting as an 8 seed, playing against a 9 seed, which right now is projected to be Boise State. I don't really care about that part of it at the moment. If you don't know how the NCAA tournament selection seeding will work, there's the automatic bids from all of the conferences, big and small, which means that the cutoff for at-large teams is usually at the 11 seed or 12 seed mark. So, Four teams for every seed means that the Gophers are about, oh, 9, 10, 11, 12 to 16 teams above what that bubble line is right now. So if the Gophers do what they have done this season throughout the end of February, teams should be pretty safe to get into the NCAA tournament, I'd say. That is where the Gophers are at right now. So it's not like anyone should be worrying. But there are a whole lot of circumstances that could put Minnesota right there at the end of the tournament, if not on the outside looking in, if Minnesota can't execute and if things play out a certain way elsewhere as well. First off, just talk about the Big Ten. While the Gophers are an eighth seed, they're also eighth in the Big Ten standings right now. And the conference can only have so many teams. Now, you can believe what you want about what the selection committee thinks. And I 
choose to believe that they don't consciously like to think about, well, there's 10 Big Ten teams compared to six or seven ACC teams or whatever like that. But I do think that if they're looking at the last few teams in and they're seeing a Minnesota team that has a resume against Big Ten teams, which they've already gone over either seven or eight other teams and let them in who have wins and losses against the same squads and put them up against say, a, a Pac-12 team that's in the same area, or even a mid-major. I do believe that there is something in there that could leave one extra Big Ten team out. That's just maybe a little bit of me being kind of superstitious. I have no evidence for that. But the theory is, or just the point is, that there's a lot of teams in this Big Ten, and not all of them are going to make this tournament. There's teams that have been ranked this season in the Big Ten that may not make this tournament. And out of the nine teams that are in the Big Ten right now in the NCAA tournament, according to Bracketology, eight of them are currently at least safe enough in that they're not even in the last eight. Indiana's the only team in the tournament that's in the last eight in. So right now, all the Big Ten teams that are in are pretty safe. That's not going to last. There are going to be other things happening around the other conferences where people end up rising to the top, and the bottom of the Big Ten teams are going to get pushed down. So... When I'm seeing the Gophers projected as an 8 seed, I'm happy. But when I'm seeing that they're 8th in the Big Ten, I think that's close to the edge of how many Big Ten teams are going to make this tournament. And I would be a little bit worried about falling back because while the Gophers are in 8th now, they're only a half game away from being in 10th place in the Big Ten. And that starts to look worse and worse. I think that the Gophers are going to be able to perform, especially since they've gotten the big part of their tough schedule out of the way early. I do think they'll do well enough to make this tournament safely. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if we go into, say, Big Ten tournament weekend and still be thinking, well, we could maybe use another win to make sure that they're going to get in on Selection Sunday. Another kind of wrench to throw into things here is that COVID-19 is still a thing. And that may mean that there's not as many teams in this tournament. ESPN's actually posted a couple of things as far as where brackets would look like if they went to other sizes, including a 16-team tournament, in which case Minnesota may be out of things, and also a 48-team tournament, which is much more interesting for where the Gophers are at right now. Now, if we went to 48 games, I said before, usually the automatic seeds go up to like 11 or 12, so the last at-large teams out there are getting the 11 and 12 seeds. They're the, like the last spots out there, usually like even 10 or 11. If there's only 48 teams in the tournament, the automatic bids would go all the way up to the 10 seeds. So like the last at-large teams would be one or two number 10 seeds, how they have it set up now. And the entire tournament would only go up to 12 seeds at all. So instead of 1 through 16, it's 1 through 12. Again, Minnesota's still in there as an 8 seed against Boise State, it's projected, but if there is any sort of a smaller tournament, Minnesota's now squarely on the bubble again. So that's another reason to start thinking about this season with Minnesota. As we get down the home stretch, it's easy to think, well, the Gophers have some wiggle room right now. And yes, they do. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Gophers maybe slid down a little bit in the Big Ten and fell into the bubble, or maybe just some of that wiggle room gets taken away and we don't have a 68-team tournament, and then Minnesota all of a sudden has to think about, well, okay, now we got to be in the top 50 instead of the top 70 in the country. It's a lot to think about going forward with so little to know about how this tournament's going to work still, 
But I think as you get into the last month of the year, you're going to be thinking about the tournament anyway. I think you need to realize that while you need to be optimistic still, you're a lot closer to being a little worrisome than you might think. This has been the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. I've been Nate Dickinson with you here on a Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow. Gophers are back on the hardwood facing off against Rutgers. We're going to have a preview of that for you here on our Thursday show. Coming up right here on the Locked On Podcast Network where we do it every single weekday. Got more Golden Gophers stuff coming your way tomorrow. Until then, roll the boat, Sky Umago Gophers. I'm Nate Dickinson with Locked On Golden Gophers.